Good morning. It's Friday, January 12th. Kiss a ginger day. Ed Sheeran, did you invent a holiday? Hey, Ed Sheeran, how about making it a consensually kiss a ginger day? Ed? And now the news. Got so mad at Ed Sheeran. I would never, normally. So today is one of those days where I'm going to cover something and then I'm going to get into a different story, the big story. So just two stories because it's Friday. Let me say story one more time. I think that's a cool way to start the episode. Just two of those things that I mentioned because it's Friday. It's the end of the first week back in the news. Just do two stories. So first we start with Trump crime update time. Who made you like this? Edition. As I mentioned on yesterday's episode, Trump's New York civil money crimes case is coming to a close, and Trump was given a chance, actually many a chance, to give a closing statement, provided, of course, that he could do these two things. This is it. Not lie and not threaten. That was it. As I said yesterday, these feel like the bare dang minimum, but whatever. His lawyer said it couldn't be done. Impossible. We, we, oh, if only wishing made it so. Um, so he was not able to give a closing statement. Except, except that on Thursday, as lawyers gave their summaries of the case, Team Trump again asked if Trump could have some time to talk, even though they had been given the chance over and over again. And they, as I guess technically professional lawyers, they made the choice to never answer the judge's emails about how Trump could absolutely give a closing statement if he would just, again, promise not to lie or threaten anyone. Um, They never answered those emails. He was supposed to not be given the chance, but whatever. The lawyers shot their shot again and asked, hey, can my guy, um, him with the, that's totally his super for real, his hair. uh, Can that guy talk? And again, the judge said, okay, but (laughs) here are the two rules. You can talk, but you cannot lie, and you cannot threaten anyone. And instead of agreeing, Trump just was allowed to launch into a six-minute diatribe about how bad the judge is, how terrible this case is, how the New York Attorney General Tish James doesn't like him, and that's probably true because, ugh, but also that's not why she did this case. She did this case because you did the fraud. Um, anyway, so, so he was allowed to do that for six minutes. Let's play the hits. Starting with, we get it. You're a fan of Aaron Sorkin. Trump's line of, quote, what's happened here, sir, is a fraud on me. I'm sure he didn't deliver it like that, but still, it's like, uh, congratulations. You've seen the newsroom. Actually, congratulations. You've seen the newsroom. It's really good. He would never watch the newsroom. What am I, what is this show about? When the judge asked his lawyer to control Trump, Trump said, quote, I know this is boring to you. You have your own agenda. You can't listen to me for more than one minute. He has had to listen to you for so long. Uh, My personal favorite, the judge said, quote, by the way, you said you've never had a problem. Haven't you been sued before? (laughs) And Trump said, (laughs) quote, I should have won it every time. (laughs) Well, you didn't. So I don't know, man, including this one, this one right here where you're fighting with the judge, you're you already lost. The judge already said you're guilty. But your big brain move has been to fight with the judge whose only job right now is to decide how much you owe in damages. And you still were like, I'm going to 
give it my best. And my best is very, very bad. So that guy is the leading Republican candidate for president. Incredible. Okay, and here's a story that I want to talk about. And can I tell you something? I think I went um, too loose in that first story because this one is actually a very serious story. So once again, we ask the whoosh to really do its job. Let me start by saying I should have covered this earlier. I didn't. Today, I'm frustrated that it's not getting more coverage, but I can't be that frustrated since I also did not cover the story until now. I also want to warn you before I talk about it that this story has some difficult and graphic details about a miscarriage. Brittany Watts is a 34-year-old woman in Ohio who late last year went to the hospital for treatment 21 weeks and five days into her pregnancy before ultimately suffering a miscarriage at home and passing the non-viable fetus in the toilet. That term, non-viable, came from a coroner's office report which also noted that the fetus died in the womb. A couple days before that, she'd gone to the hospital twice, two different times, for bleeding. The first time the hospital told her that the fetus was non-viable, but she signed out against medical advice. It's unclear why she did it the first time, but the second time she went to the hospital, she also signed out against medical advice. But that second time, it appears to be because although she was expecting to be induced to deliver the fetus, she still had to wait for hours while the staff debated the ethics of it. So again, she left AMA. Two days after that second visit, she went back a third time, this time for bleeding after an at-home miscarriage. The hospital told the police about it, and then the police went to her home, and I will spare you the details of what they found. But that was in September, and following that, she was charged with felony abuse of a corpse. A woman who was 21 weeks pregnant, who had the trauma of a miscarriage, a trauma of going to the hospital multiple times, now being charged with a felony. And again, I will own my part and say I should have been talking about this way more, especially because over in Texas at the same time, Kate Cox was in the news because Texas was also using state law, like Ohio did, to punish a pregnant woman. In Cox's case, it was because she needed an abortion to save her life, and the state said no. Now, a lot of people covered Cox, but very few people covered Watts. And I'm sure there are a lot of reasons for that, not the least of which is because Watts is black and Cox is white. The point is, this story should have been covered a whole lot more than it was, because while the details are different, the story is the same. Since the fall of Roe, states have found more and more ways to cruelly punish pregnant people forcing them to stay pregnant, even if it puts them in danger, re-traumatizing them after a miscarriage. The cruelty is the point. Yesterday on Thursday, a grand jury dismissed the case. And to be honest, my first thought was, great, I'm going to talk about this on the news and it'll be like a good ending to this horrible story. But that is not what this is. That's not what it feels like. As I was writing it, it just felt wrong to try and frame it that way because this isn't a, a good ending to a horrible story. It's a horrible story where the ending is just the bare minimum. Brittany Watts is not a criminal. She didn't do anything wrong. And this ruling will not stop legislatures like those in Ohio, in Texas, in any state that wants to limit the rights of people who can get pregnant from finding new and worse ways to be as cruel as possible. And so today is a great time to remind you 
to make sure that your voter registration is updated and you know when your next election is. Because Brittany Watts deserved better. And the least we can do, the least we can do is continue to cover these stories when they happen and make sure that we are voting every single one of these absolute heartless monsters that create laws like this out of office. And that's it. That's the news. Not sure how to end this one fun and whimsically for a Friday show. Um, Perhaps we'll do a whoosh again. Was that anything? Did that help? Hey, you know what? It's also hot tea day. So put on some Ed Sheeran, drink some tea, and have a great weekend because you deserve nice things. And you know something else? I'm proud of you.